Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. And again, you're listening to Community Matters. We spoke with Chautauqua County Sheriff Jim Quattrone about a community engagement initiative he has underway and more. We have Chautauqua County Sheriff Jim Quattrone on the air with us today to talk about some updates that are happening within the Sheriff's Office and also at the County Jail. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning. So one thing, uh, it was a press release that we got from someone totally different, not from your office, but from uh, the ambassador that we have living here in Jamestown that uh, you had recently met with. And he mentioned a new program that you are working on. He called it a clergy liaison program. And I was interested to hear more about this new initiative that you're working on in the sheriff's department. Sure. And I actually call it Face in Blue. And it's uh, based on a program from Movement Forward out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And it's to work with our faith community within the various different areas in the county. And with the idea that so often, there are, you know, the faith communities already in their community have connections. And if there's an issue going on, um, they can help uh, to solve the issue, to, to um, broker a deal, if you will, you know, just working with the, uh, the community members. So, because often they know the people in the community where we may not know them as well. And um, when I met with the ambassador, he suggested it, and I was excited because it's something we started a, uh, a year ago, and we did a couple events over Columbus Day weekend and um, anticipate uh, hopefully to see that increase this year over you know that, that same weekend, the four-day weekend. And um, on August 16th, we're going to be hosting a uh, uh, faith leaders breakfast up at the Chautauqua Suites. Uh, so inviting as many, you know, anticipating between 50 and 100 uh, uh faith leaders that would uh, join us, uh, when I say us, the sheriff's office, as well as uh, hopefully other law enforcement leaders. When it comes to community outreach, obviously Chautauqua County is a huge county, I mean, just in size of trying to travel around it uh, for a rural county. Uh, how do you find that initiatives like this are helping? I, I believe the uh, faith leaders can help introduce us to people in the community, um, and it's just you know, a small part of community engagement, but it's a, an area that they can, again, uh, introduce us to people. But really, to be effective in community engagement, it has to be an entire agency willing to um, stop and talk to the, the people in the community, uh, stop at the coffee shops, uh, stop at various locations. Uh, you know, we encourage, you know, our officers to get out of the car, you know, might be playing at basketball or just talking with a group of uh, kids in the neighborhood or stopping by the the town picnics and uh, having conversations with individuals. 
Mm-hmm. What other is this kind of like one of the big things that you've been working on for the last year in terms of larger community engagement? Or is there other uh, programs that you've had in place that maybe I'm not aware of? Well, I think uh, for many years, uh, you know, prior to me being here, as, as well as once being here, we, we've encouraged uh, our officers to get out of the cars and talk with people. Um, you know, we don't have, we never have had anything specifically for community engagement um, this past year. We've assigned a, a deputy to be our community services deputy, and uh, really his, his role is not only to be in the community himself, but to arrange opportunities and then for our deputies to, to connect with the community. And um, you know, so to keep an eye out, to find out what is going on, and then uh, notify the rest of the agency uh, where the events are going on. Have you seen any difference in how either people feel approaching, um, you know, a sheriff's deputy or in terms of being more open to communicating with the sheriff's office? I think we see, you know, we're fortunate in Chautauqua County. Um, I I believe that we have great community support and and overall uh, the relationships are are positive. Uh, I know just, uh, you know, excited just yesterday, uh, my wife and I were for a going out for a walk and uh, saw a car turn around, spin around and come running, you know, racing back and just yelled out uh, to say hello to us. Um, and, you know, it, it's nice to have those type of relationships. Um, you know, I didn't actually know who was in the car when they pulled up. And, um, you know, it's something that it's nice to see that, that the public is willing and uh, feels comfortable enough to, to in, even initiate those conversations. Mm-hmm. So moving on to other topics, uh, at the recent county legislature meeting at the end of June, they uh, redesignated $303,500 in American Rescue Plan Act funds to the county jail and also to patrol um, as well to for a variety of, of items. And in terms of, of this designation, these are things that you probably didn't have budgeted for. And can you tell us a little bit about what that money is be going to go toward? Yeah, uh, one of the items is a virtual reality training. Um, this is something that will help train our officers or improve our ability um, to handle situations, uh, stressful situations, uh, um, de-escalation skills will be taught in that. Um, but this is something that, that will be open to any law enforcement agency in the county to uh, to utilize. Um, it's not just going to be for the sheriff's office. Um, and it's also something that we can, at times, uh, make arrangements for uh, the public to come in, just so they have a better understanding of uh, the difficulty at times in, in making those split-second decisions. Um, that, you know, that, that's to me, you know, one of the more important ones that we're going to be getting. Um, we've, uh, at the, at the request and the suggestion of uh, one of our county legislatures, um, you know, is. Unfortunately, we've had a, you know, a series of tragic uh, fires throughout the county, and so we were able to get some uh, smoke detectors, and we'll be distributing them uh, closer to the fall. Yeah. And hopefully we could be working with some of our uh, partner agencies like uh, Safety Village uh, to get those in, into the hands of our residents. Um, and then some of the items were in our, our jail uh, to make some improvements in the jail for training uh, rooms um, and facilities uh, for our corrections officers as well as our uh, incarcerated individuals. 
so there's a variety of different uh, items that were on that. Uh, you know, some of them are well, just a parking lot maintenance, uh, something that needed to be done. And then you didn't need to pay out of pocket for it, as they say. So, but yeah, the Correct. the virtual reality training unit that was I thought was interesting because I recall that city of Jamestown um, that there had been a request from the police Jamestown Police Department to uh, create that kind of same unit down there. But hearing that that is going to be going forward in the sheriff's office and will be open to um, law enforcement agencies, that definitely while it didn't happen in Jamestown, it's good to hear that it's happening elsewhere in the county. Yeah, and we're you know, we're hoping to. We're not sure where we're going to house it yet. Um, there's a possibility because uh, the county training academy is housed down at JCC. That's a likelihood that we'll have it in our academy training room down there or someplace close. All right. The uh, League of Women Voters, and this is, I think it would be the New York State League of Women Voters. They recently put a study out uh, regarding access to voting for inmates. Uh, in correctional facilities, including county jails. And there was some criticism in the survey. Well, they didn't specifically call out counties by name that, you know, that not all inmates had the ability to vote, even if they hadn't been, uh, like say they're just being held and hadn't been convicted of any crime that would have prevented them from voting as a felon. Uh, is this study something that you're familiar with have you had you been contacted by that legal woman voters as part of that study yes uh, they contacted our jail administrator uh, and i was also contacted directly by uh, one of the uh, uh, law school students that uh, had been enlisted to assist with the survey uh, and so i was familiar with it. i had not seen the final report until you had uh, sent it to me so it was uh, interesting to see, and I wasn't surprised at the results of it. Um, you know, and, and I haven't talked to other sheriffs in, in New York State to find out you know, how some of those, uh, the different sheriff's offices operate the, the potential for voting by the inmates. Mm -hmm. How I mean, how difficult is that to try to coordinate because you get inmates that are from all around different voting districts in the, in Chautauqua County. And how is there anything in place to try to make sure that they do have the option to do like an absentee ballot or something like that? So uh, currently, you know, we were one of the jails, and I think it was mentioned in the, in the study or the report that, um, you know, if the absentee ballot is requested, we will supply them. And, um, so that is at that level. Uh, really, we've had very few. Uh, 2016 election was, um, to the best of recollection of our jail administrator, was really the only time that he remembered um, a few incarcerated individuals requested absentee ballots. So, you know, we discussed it. I would love to see our incarcerated individuals be more involved positively in their community and. You know, with the hope that if they're positively involved, you know, help uh, when they get out uh, to back to reintegrate the society in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And and thinking of that, a program that you and all all jails had to, county jails had to uh, put in place under New York State law as of October was this medically assisted treatment program for individuals who are dealing with um, opioid addictions and I think maybe other. Um, 
addiction issues within the jail system. And I was curious about how how is that going forward? I know there have been other programs in the past in the county jail, so this wasn't necessarily a completely new program that you had to put in, but one that you're required to or mandated by New York State to at this point. So so the the biggest difference uh, from what we had in place to what became required back in October was um, we now have to offer all three forms of uh, medication, and uh, up until October, we did not have a a way to offer the methadone uh, treatment um, that is now currently... um, working with some partners, we're able to offer that third form. Um, our jail medical team has done a wonderful job of getting that implemented. Um, you know, we're using all three forms of medication, or offering all three forms. We're not necessarily using it. And, uh, but a big part of that um, legislation is requiring uh, counseling and uh, courses within the jail, as well as uh, follow-up plans. Uh, with the incarcerated individuals upon their release. Uh, unfortunately, uh, upon release, there's not been a great uh, follow-through with the plans that our uh, caseworkers have set for them. And when it, when it comes to, you were mentioning three treatments, well, one, methadone being one of them, do you know off the top of your head what the other two treatments you're required to do are? I, there's Vivitrol and Suboxone, um, and... Uh, we actually have tried to um, move from the Suboxone to Sublocade, which is an injectable form of the Suboxone that will last up to um, 30 days. And, you know, the positive side of that is, is uh, less chance for diversion within the, uh, the jail. And upon release, it gives more time for those that are being released to connect with services outside, uh, you know, so it gives some added protection upon the release from the jail. And that's, that's an area that we're trying to focus on. However, you know, the injection, each injection is, is quite expensive. But when we compare that to the amount of time that it takes to administer the Suboxone and um, the, the movement within the jail, um, we feel that the, the overall cost ends up saving us the county money. Mm-hmm. And thinking of money, this is one of the things that County Executive uh, Wendell had been critical of of the mandate from New York State. He said it was an unfunded mandate, but this county has been able to use some of the opioid settlement treatment monies for this. Yeah, we've had the uh, you know to you know finance this legislation is you know, some of the uh, settlement funding as well as some other funding from some grants. Um, so while that's still there, that's effective. Um, and trying to figure out how and where the money will come from to continue once that grant money is gone and settlement money is gone will be another issue. Mm-hmm. And you had referenced it that there's been some, maybe, I mean, while you have someone in treatment at the jail that you're, they're able to go through the program, but it's just that time when they're released that it seems to be some drop off in the ability to continue that is and is it probably because they're no longer in your care and they're out and they're free to do whatever have you but there's really nothing under the state law that requires that individual to then continue treatment that that's correct uh, so what we are working on some programs we do have um on another grant we're able to hire uh, an individual who has done a lot of outreach has helped with a re-entry and she's been doing a great job of connecting with some of those 
uh, incarcerated individuals who have been released, and we're working on some some other initiatives that we can um, hopefully improve that. Um, again, while we can't mandate it, uh, I believe that if we're showing that uh, we're concerned for them and that we care about them, uh, we want to see them get healthy, uh, that they will follow through. Uh, and I think sometimes people just need that encouragement. I wonder, I mean, this is me thinking off the top of my head, but is it something that could be required under the sentencing guidelines that, you know, they'd be sentenced to their time in you know, prison, but then following, um, you know, release, they would be required under their sentence guidelines to continue said treatment? I think at times uh, some parole, some probation will require uh, individuals to seek out the treatment. Uh, I'm honestly not sure if they'd be able to force them for any length of time. And, you know, unfortunately, many of the people that are in the county jail are not sentenced. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're, they're, they're here pre-sentenced, and, you know, we still have to offer the same services. So, you know, a lot that are released from the jail, they're not under any, at that time, any uh, regulations. Is there uh, anything else happening that you would like to update us on that's happening within the sheriff's department? Oh, just uh, we're continuing. Uh, you know, the summer is upon us, and it's. You know, I was just talking with the Dunker Police Chief this morning, and it seems like uh, if the Fourth of July was an indication, uh, it's going to be a busy summer. There seem to be a lot more people out. Um, I think uh, people have you know, fully recovered from the uh, as far as socially now uh, the. Uh, pandemic and are, are now eager to get out and enjoy the summer. So we're, again, we're trying to keep the summer as safe as we can, uh, and we're going to continue to do that. Great. Well, Sheriff Quattro, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you.